Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, y'all. It's Nisa. And it's Omar. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Help I'm Sad. Today's episode is actually going to be our last episode of this year. Um, We're taking a break for our mental health and we'll still be posting on social media. So follow follow us on Instagram at help I'm sad pod. Um, We post frequently there and it's kind of a a different way to interact with us. For today's episode, we're going to talk about adulthood and the challenge of forming new friendships as adults. So if you're of the melancholy variety, a nervous wreck or anything in between, settle in and make yourself at home. So, Omar, what's been going on? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good today. I got to work out this morning before we started recording. And um, honestly, working out is is sort of my replacement for meditation since I haven't been doing that lately, uh, which is like counterproductive because I feel like meditation is supposed to like be still and present and breathing, which I mean, I'm at the gym and I'm present and I'm breathing I'm just not still and so I think uh, the gym has done has done have been doing well for my mental health as of late I've been trying to go three to four days a week which has been kind of successful lately um and other than that I'm back in school so I'm going to get my my bachelor's degree in um healthcare management um which I'm excited about I think at 27 when I'm going back to school to get my bachelor's degree versus me fresh out of high school with a, a two different person, two different mindset mindsets um, to get what I need to do accomplished. Um, and so I'm in that, I'm in that space. I'm just working, doing working out and going back to school. That's, that's where I'm at right now. How about you? As you know, um, my birthday recently happened. And, um, I just come to the realization that maybe like, I'm just meant to be sad on my birthday or like, maybe that's just like a phase and it will come there. Uh, a new time will come where I'm not as sad. So instead of being anxious about the sadness that I know will inevitably come from, you know, my birthday passing, I've decided to just like accept the sadness and maybe not put so much pressure on me or like my loved ones to celebrate my birthday because I realized like for me I think I came to the conclusion that what makes me sad on my birthday is that I don't have many people in my life that I want to celebrate it with and also the people that you would think you should be celebrating your birthday with don't even bother to like acknowledge your existence and so for me, I think that's like a major component of why I'm sad during my birthday, but I'm trying to like lean into the sadness and just like feel those feelings on that day and then not make myself feel bad about it. I think the part that makes me feel bad about it is sometimes other people who know I'm sad on my birthday are like, try not to cry on your birthday today. You know, like 
just try to be happy. We want to celebrate you. And that puts so much pressure on me to like not feel the way that I feel. How do you feel about this being our last episode of the year? Are you like happy? Are you sad? Are you, what are you? I am bittersweet because we have been going at it for a minute. (laughs) We have been going at it for a minute. And I think when we started, I think we, we, I think as we continue, I think we still have the purest intentions with, with what we project and what we say and how we say it, because we know what we're here for. But in all, in all honesty, like you said, I, this break is, I I need it because I, I don't <laughs> I don't care to be on social media to try to keep up with with the trend you know what I'm saying for the sake of just being known um, but I'm kind of sad because our conversations um, our conversations I feel I've have felt like it's progressed me forward in terms of always thinking about what I can do to push me forward instead of wallowing in stagnant <laughs> behavior, you know? Um, and so I'll, I'll miss the little time that we'll be apart, but I know we'll come back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? Are you sad? Um, I'm not sad. I think I'm, I'm slightly relieved because I was feeling very overwhelmed with having two podcasts to manage and do. And, for those who are listening, I I have another podcast and I do everything on that podcast. And so everything from writing it to promoting it on social media to producing it and like editing the audio and everything. And so that can be like really draining, not draining. That's the wrong word. It's very overwhelming. And so, you know, having two podcasts to work with at the same time, like it's different if they were like off season, but like at the same time it's really a lot along with having an actual job. And so I'm hoping that like with this break, we can come back with new ideas. We can come back hopefully with new listeners. We can come back with like a new energy because I feel like sometimes that's what we need is like that break to re-energize us. And then we feel like, okay, we have something new to share. We have new ways to grow. We have new revelations. And so I think taking a break for everyone is beneficial. And I'm personally looking forward to it. What's today's would you rather question? Okay, so would you rather today we'll only do one question. Um and I chose a question based on kind of the topic we're gonna talk about today. Um, so would you rather go on a cruise with your friends or with your spouse? Nice and simple. Um, I think I would rather go okay. Where's the cruise going? I need to know. Okay, so the last cruise, the only cruise I kind of been on <laughs> was going to the Cayman Islands in Jamaica. So let's just say this cruise is going to um, Greece because I really want to go to Greece. I've never been there. Me too. And then it's going to um, Mexico, Cancun. Ugh, that's so hard because I feel like Greece is perfect for romance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With your spouse, but then Mexico is good for your friends. Okay, so we're uh-huh. going to we're going to uh, Greece and Cancun. It's a um, it's a short trip. It's a three night, four day trip. Okay. And, now hold on. Um, now I have to think about the logistics here. How is it easy to get from Greece to Cancun? That feels really far. <laughs> That's I listen. I just named two places. It, does, okay. it probably is really far from each other. Not in so three like, or four probably... days. That's like <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. Speedboat. Five nights. Five nights. Six days. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Five nights. Six days, and um, and all inclusive. You you have a suite that has two beds okay. to accommodate whoever you're bringing. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got in terms of parameters. Okay. Right Let's now, see. in the state of mind that you're at right now, say you have a spouse, say you have multiple in friends. In the state of mind I am right now, I'm choosing friends. Okay, respectfully. I'm yeah. choosing spouse. Okay. <laughs> I might not have one, but I feel like <laughs> if I have one, I'm going to cruise. Yeah, it's not pretty much stuck. In a ways, like, this is, like, really not within my um 
my grasp, but like, you know, a romantic getaway with your spouse on a private jet and you go to Greece, like that's better to me. That sounds better. Or even like first class flight sounds better than to me being on a cruise. Now, I don't like cruises. I saw Titanic once and I knew it was not for me. No, and because I knew how do you see a movie and not actually experience a cruise? And to say you don't like it. I don't like because that. here's the thing. I know I have this feeling that, you know, they'll be like riddle off a statistic. Oh, you know, um, boats crashing and breaking in half and dissolving into the water is Not only like two percent <laughs> chance of that happening. Well, who has to be well. the two percent? And will I be that two percent? <laughs> No. And I don't want to relive a Titanic moment with my spouse. Just hold on, Jack. I don't want that with my spouse. You are so annoying. Now, I don't want it with my friends either, but, you know, I I feel like with my friends, they wouldn't expect me to hold on and, like, wait for them. They would be like, all right, do what you got to do. Save yourself. Because I would expect the same thing from my friend. But my spouse, there's that, you know, we're married. I feel like he's going to be like, till death do you part. And I just don't want to be there for that so i rather See, just and i have and i have a, a proposition because i feel like <laughs> this might be this might be very 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 messed up for me so this is why i'm probably not in a relationship now but i feel like before we if we're if you're my spouse and we're married and we don't have children yet i'm less likely to less likely to try to save you versus if we had children together because I want to like keep our family together I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to go the extra mile to try to go out versus because I like I feel like if I'm with you I know you can handle your own so like why would I try to like help you handle your own when I gotta help me handle my own you know what I'm saying I could I can bet I can swim I can swim good but I can barely swim in an open and the ocean and anxiety like you know what i'm saying you don't know what what type of state of mind would be in you don't know like my 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 body might be the i'm just my you know you just never know you never know Mm -hmm. so i mean i I guess i definitely understand where you're coming from but it's definitely a little shady it's a little little suspicious (laughs) (laughs) i mean personally i was talking to someone about this the other day and i was like if i'm married and you know we don't have children which I don't ever plan to have children. So we just married. I feel like if we're in a life-threatening situation, I'm expecting you to take the bullet. Respectfully. I'm, as you, my husband, I'm expecting you to take the bullet. And here's the reasoning behind this. I'm better. So I should live on. No, just kidding. <laughs> and so you think I'm shady, but you have that shady. You have that shady. I'm just kidding. Hey, but no, here's the thing. No, because... And I I expect to have children. So we're, if we're in a space, if, we, if we're like three years in, and we're about we're having our mindset on children, and we won't get on this cruise, okay, I'm gonna try to save you. If we are a year and a half in, we ain't talking about children, and we go on a cruise, baby. Listen, that is a year messed and a half up. Up that <laughs> so Mine was like literally a joke. Like I would never expect my husband to take the bullet for me. He's if going he does, to. I'm pleasantly especially surprised. Y'all, especially if y'all both agree that I don't want children and so like marriage is like the end you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. technically right and y'all just live happy ever, ever, happily ever after I expect him to take the bullet for you what I think is if the ideal situation if my does not take the bullet for you and y'all are on the same page in terms of children I just really would kind of have to shoot him you know well my ideal hope is that if we're in that situation we both try to take the bullet for each other and then within us both taking that bullet it somehow misses both of us and that's a beautiful story. You know what I'm saying? That but, is beautiful. <laughs> I know. But on the opposite end, y'all both taking the bullet for each other, y'all both die. So, like, really, who's winning? <laughs> exactly. To me, that's more romantic. And that's where you can see I have a little mental illness. Because <laughs> I think that it's better for both of us to die than for one of us to die, including that one person being me. <laughs> and some people are like, well, I just want you to live on. You know, the people are like, oh, you know, when a spouse dies, they'll be like, the spouse who's dying will be like, oh, I want you to be happy and like, you know, move on with your life. Absolutely not. You need to be mourning me for at least three years. Okay. That's how I know you truly love me. You're truly devoted. And when you do move on, in my mind, I want you to settle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want you to be like, <laughs> I want you to be like, I never, I never can find someone like her again. But you know, 
I, I don't want to be alone, so I'm just settling with this person. Now, I feel bad for that other person. But look, it's just true. He's never going to find someone I like feel, me. I feel bad myself. <laughs> Especially if y'all older and you're like in an older age and you lose, you lose that person. And you got probably like 20 more years and you're in your 70s. Like I, like, I hope that you find somebody. I mean, you're settled because the person you with for like that 30 whatever years, they can't compete. Obviously. Yeah, but you need it would just be like a friendship. Yeah, just like a friendship companionship thing. That's what for I'm looking sure. for. I don't care if you're 35 or if you're 82. Friendship companionship because yeah. I was the one. <laughs> I was the one. I love how this is supposed to start off in on a cruise and we just kind of off the deep end. We're, we're, okay, we're okay. in the Atlantic. So what okay, did we decide? On. I said I would take my friends, even though I don't want to take my friends' degrees, but whatever. I'm going to take my spouse throughout the six days and we'll just chill. I'll tell my friends about it when we come back. I'll have plenty of pictures. I might but have a couple souvenirs. I just feel like cruises coming, aren't romantic. I mean, are they romantic? You've been yes, on one. I feel like they aren't romantic. They, okay. I feel like they can be very romantic. I went with my family, which is not I me, mean, not very romantic. But I feel like in the right setting, it could definitely be romantic. So... You know, I feel like as kids, we often visualize what what we thought like adulthood would be like. And we kind of had like these fantasies of like being these adults that are just like, I guess, free and like independent. And so I just kind of want to know what you used to believe like adulthood would be like. And is it what you envisioned? And is what you envision meeting up with what is your reality, <laughs> essentially? Um, <laughs> I learned a lot in my 27 years of living, some of which were traumatic situations that I think had, if it had not happened, I don't think I would have thought so practical so early. And I think it stifled my ability to think beyond where I was, if that makes sense. So I didn't do too much like dreaming about what I would be doing in adulthood. I thought too much of I thought too much of fearing of what I did not want to be when I grew up. That was being homeless. That was being, being somehow on hard drugs. I didn't know how I was gonna do it because I was not into drugs. I didn't know nobody that was doing drugs, but I just knew that wasn't the path I wanted to take. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to end up. So um yeah, I was I was in fear <laughs> a lot. I was in fear a lot, and so growing up now as an adult, being a twenty seven year old adult, I didn't know I didn't know I was gonna end up here. You know what I'm saying? And I because I didn't know I was gonna end up here, and I'm not homeless. I think I'm pretty in a good place. So we're gonna just <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with that. And uh, I'm dreaming now, so I'm doing the I'm gonna do the music thing. I thought about that as a kid, like singing and performing and stuff like that. So I'm doing that a little bit on the side. Of course, I'm going towards my career in healthcare, which I think is even more practical than music or doing music on as a as a living, even though it's possible in a day and age, which I didn't think was possible as a kid, but it's possible now. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, so kind of what my fantasy about adulthood as a child was like: you get to do whatever you want. Um, of course, I knew because like you know I was raised by a single mom like I know like you know I knew some of the realities of adulthood which was like obviously you had to pay bills and like you know money didn't grow on trees you know but like that you had to be responsible and resourceful and fantasy about adulthood as a child was like okay you can basically just do whatever you want and you don't have to answer to anyone but yourself but I think I also used adulthood, especially in my like teenage years, as a way, like envisioning adulthood. I used it as a way to escape my reality mm. um, because there were certain family members that where I was like, when I'm an adult, I don't have to ever speak to them again. And I can yeah. go live my life and I'll be and in that life, I'll be happy because they're not there. Mm. And then there was also the aspect of you know, I've talked about this a little bit before, but like I struggle with being in the moment. And so for me, I was like, you know, I don't like the moment I'm living in now. And so the next moment I know I'll be happier. 
But then when I got to that next moment, I wasn't happier. But then when I was in that moment, I was like, okay, well, I just have to get to this moment and then I'll be happier. And so I think that was a lot of my life, um, you know, kind of within high school to college years. And even to now, like I still have those thoughts sometimes where it's like, okay, you know, once I'm more established as an adult, once I'm financially free as an adult, you know, once I'm in the career that I've wanted as an adult, I'll then be happy, you know, and I'll then everything will feel right. Adulthood would feel right. And basically the reality is adulthood is confusing. Like adulthood is very, you know, although you don't have to really answer to anyone, you do have to answer to yourself. And in my mind as a child, I didn't see the nuance of that, which is in answering to yourself, you have to hold yourself accountable, which is way harder, in my opinion, than someone else holding me accountable. Because I'll let things slide or I won't show up for myself or I'll make those decisions that I know I shouldn't make. And then <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, well, no one's here to hold me accountable except myself. And now there's a self-discipline that maybe I'm lacking a little bit. And so it's kind of like frustrating to realize that when you're in the midst of adulthood. And then there's also the outside influences that make you feel like adulthood should look a certain way and that you should have a certain mentality and that you should be a certain in a certain place in your career. And as a kid, I never remembered. Well, as a kid, I do remember feeling like, okay, at this age, I'm going to do this. And at this age, I'm going to do that. And the reality is that's all a lie. Like once you get, you know, in your adult years, you realize nothing's ever going to plan as you had hoped. And, you know, I'm still coping with this, but like I'm trying to see how even though my life isn't what I thought it would be, how it could be better than what I thought it would, would be. And that, you know, the the child version of me wanted something that the adult version of me now can't even imagine. Like I wanted certain things as a child and now I'm like, how could I have ever wanted that? And so I think that's something we should all take with us is that like kind of go with the flow and like don't see adulthood as like this very rigid uh, role and that you should kind of see it as like an evolution of yourself and the adulthood's going to look different for everyone. I agree with you saying like, I really, really, really like that you had the mindset that as adults, I mean, as a kid, you thought as an adult, it would be a lot more linear and straightforward and like to the book than it yeah. actually is. Yeah. <laughs> um, because at 27, I feel, I feel like I'm a year into being an adult, a full-fledged adult. So like I'm like a year old in like adult years, if that makes yeah. sense. Like you know how we convert dog years and stuff like that. Like <laughs> yeah. You went from a child to like I feel like I'm a, a year old adult. And so like within, <laughs> within my adultness, um, it is forever evolving. It is a journey. It is a lot of back and forth and untethering and tethering of, of oneself to to a job to a person to uh, objects you know what I'm saying like learning and unlearning things like I it's it's it has been a constant I don't think I'll ever get out of the student seat you know what I'm saying like I don't think I don't think I'll ever not know enough do you feel like you're more sure of yourself now like in this time you say you're 27 years old so do you feel like now you kind of know who you are and know who you want to be compared to maybe when you were like 22 uh I have a greater sense of knowing who I am I don't have I don't think I have a greater sense of knowing where I'm supposed to go and what that looks like I think I I know I don't owe people answers to anything. I don't have to, I can say no, I can set boundaries and whether they respect it or not, I have, I can respect my boundaries and move on. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's too many people in the world for us to feel like they are the end all be all. You know what I'm saying? And, I, yeah. and, I, and I, I'm trying to like not to think that harshly of, of the world because then I'll get into a place where I can drop somebody like I've known for years and drop them tomorrow just because I feel like they're not 
they're not looking out for the best of my intent. Like, they're not looking for my my best intentions. They're not looking out for my well being. I'm not looking. I'm not necessarily looking out for theirs. Like I think about like how I like my my dad was <laughs> notorious for telling me that you are who you hang around, and so like as a kid, like I thought about that. I think as a, as the level he meant it, which is like your who you hang around is basically who who you represent and who who's going to represent you. And so like my idea, I didn't want to be like the type of strategic person that just sought out successful human beings and being around that circle. I wanted to be around people who were genuinely nice people who were, who were, you know, had hearts of gold and who genuinely just want to be good people who hardworking people, you know, who knew how to follow their, who wanted to follow their dreams despite the reality, not, giving them the opportunity you know what i'm saying and so i think at 27 i don't know where i want to go or what i want to do i have a better idea of what what's realistically realistically possible for me to do and then what's a dream that i don't think i can do but i can see the vision of getting to you know what i'm saying and so i think i'm working on those two things simultaneously and um we're gonna pray i have this i have faith I have big faith, but God only requires the faith of the side of a mustard seed. And I keep that in mind because not only do you have to have faith, the side of a mustard seed, but you have to have the work that go with it. You know what I'm saying? And the work yeah. to go with it looks like me trying to enroll in school to better my education, me trying to go to therapy to better my mental health, me going to the gym to better my physical health, me meditating to better my, my spiritual health, like, and going to church, you know what I'm saying? And having dynamic having dynamic relationships with people and things that I feel aligned with at the end of the day you know what I'm saying yeah I think that encompasses all (laughs) the question for me I think for myself I I know I think I've kind of always known who I am like even as a child like I knew what I did and didn't like and you couldn't convince me that what I didn't like was not okay or what I did like was not okay. Um, But I think, you know, during my college years, I was a different person than I am now. I think I'm a better person now, not that I was like a horrible person. It's just I'm a different, I guess. And I think a large part of that is due to therapy and taking the time to understand the wounds that I've had and the trauma that I've had and how it's impacted me and impacted the choices I've made. And then I feel like experience, just like experiencing life has changed what I want from life. And so I think the things that I wanted when I was younger, a lot of those things I no longer want. Um, And, you know, there's a point I used to feel bad about that because I was like, you know, why did I change like why did I change from wanting these these things that many people like I'll give you an example so I've realized as I gotten older that I do not want children but there was a time in my life that I I wanted children and I wanted a lot of children this particularly when I was younger like I wouldn't say a child but I was like adolescent and I thought that I had wanted at that time maybe I very much did but I thought I'd wanted children in a big family and that was largely because I was an only child but as I've grown older I've realized that I don't want children like vehemently do not want children but I've kind of realized that you can be like humans are so complex and you can be so you can do a, a complete 180 and it could still very much be who you truly are it's just a matter of the the certain events and experiences that line up in your life that end up shaping you into that new person that you are. And so I think for me, I I know who I am um, and I don't really see who I am changing in the sense of the core, like, you know, my values, my beliefs, those things. Like you said, I'm always a student and I'm always ready to learn and I'm always someone who who's always self-aware, someone who's always like, okay, how can I do this better? How can I be better? How can I help more? How can I, you know, change for the better? And I think that in itself is a part of who I am. 
And so that's if I can rely on that as something is as being who I am, then I know who I am. I don't know if that makes sense, but like that part of me is a core of me. And so I know that that's who I always will be. Now, you said you feel that you don't know. I think you said you don't know who you'll be in the future or whatever. For me, I feel that I don't know who I'll be because obviously I can't tell the future, (laughs) but I do know who I want to be. And for me, I want to be the person I am now to the core, but just like elevated. I don't know if that makes sense. Just someone who's like fully living out my potential. Yeah, Because I I feel like there's seeds in me, but they just haven't bloomed yet. And so, you know, in the future, I'm seeing them bloom. They're bloomed. (laughs) Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So we've been friends for a long time since we were like three or four years old. But throughout life, friendships often come and go. I know I've experienced that myself. And as we grow, we leave some friends behind and some friends leave us behind. And something I've realized since graduating college and, you know, entering the adult world is that making friends and maintaining friendships can be really hard because we don't have like the structures of school or like, you know, in high school, we had extracurricular activities. Um, or hobbies and stuff like that that make it easy to connect so I want to know what has your experience been like making friendships in your adult years um (laughs) in my adult years making friends (laughs) it's embarrassing it's non-existent I meet like the my closest friend now I met I met through my family like so and then my family moved away and we just remained friends so like that connection i network that like you know what i'm saying so I don't, yeah I, i'm not not good at making friends i'm just not wanting to make <laughs> not wanting to make friends and i think because i think of networking a lot more than i think of like the little jamby of a friendship because i don't think people value like the the timelessness of a friendship especially like because you we will go periods of like months of not speaking to each other and then come back like we ain't like we just spoke yesterday but like some friendships aren't like that and then you get you get grief because you're like i ain't start her for you for three months well now you want to call me what's up da, da, da. yeah and i think in my mind because i've been cut off i've been on both ends of the spectrum where i've been cut off from other people and i kind of had to deal with that on my own i don't i don't care to bother them about it because like whatever 
But I've been on the other end of me like cutting people off and me wanting to like kind of go back because like, hey, they're my friend. Why not? But like I cut them off. So what they probably think that think of me weird because like, mm-hmm. why well, do that and you want to come back, you know? Yeah. But you're not a relationship, but it's a friendship and ships are ships, you know? <laughs> I do not know, but I'm gonna pretend to know. Right. Because okay. <laughs> that's what good friends do. No. Yes. Right or die. You give me. So for me, I feel like you said like you've been cut off from friends before. Oh, yeah. And for me, in the friendships I have had, which I'm not someone who has many friendships to begin with. Like I pick and choose my friends very carefully. Mm. And the friends I have had that I've picked. I'm the one who tends to cut them off and not like in a direct way, like we're not friends anymore, but it's more like, okay, a gradual. Yeah. It's like a gradual. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fade away. (laughs) Yeah. It really is just like a fading away. And I've had friendships, particularly female friendships, which if you're listening, don't come for me. I'm going to unpack it in therapy one day, but I don't understand like why it's, well, I think part of why it's hard for me to maintain female friendships is because, um, how do I say this? I'm not generalizing women, but like sometimes female friendships require more work, I would say, in the sense that, you know, typically you would see female friendships where there's more talking or there's more like fellowship and like camaraderie like you're going out to brunch or you're going out to eat or you're going shopping together you're doing those those things together and for me I'm not necessarily that type of person like I'm the type of person like okay I'll come over there you come over there and we just are stupid together you know what I'm saying like I'm not like necessarily like a brunch type of girl you know so yeah for me I think sometimes that has been a hindrance on my female friendships in the sense that, like, I think they're expecting more work from me, like, to put more effort into the friendship. And there, are, like you said before, like, there have been times where me and you, we haven't talked for months, even years. But then we come yes, back literally. and it's like it was yesterday. And with those friendships, <laughs> it's not always the case. It's awkward. It's like I can feel like there's maybe some not resentment, but like maybe like why haven't we talked for a long time? And mm-hmm. for me, it's nothing. It's never anything personal. It's not like, it's oh, I don't never. like this person anymore. It's literally I got caught up in my own world. And that's probably something I need to work on. But I get caught up in my own world that this sounds bad, but I sometimes forget about you. And then <laughs> and then that's because honest. I forget about you and then I'll remember and then it'll be this anxiety thing where I'm like, well, it's too awkward now. It's been like three years since we talked and I can't be like, Honestly. hey, want to meet up? And so I just let it go. I let that friendship yeah. go. And so I think that's why it's hard for me to maintain like or even I would say maintain friendships as an adult. I think it's definitely gotten worse as an adult. Like it was it wasn't so bad like in my adolescent to like college years but like now it's definitely like I can count my friends on like two fingers that means I have two friends okay (laughs) so I'm sick of you (laughs) but making friends I have made no effort to make friends in my adulthood I barely made effort in college the friends I did have in college were just we had class together and I needed to have a friendship so in case I miss class you give me the notes that's what it wasn't right now it wasn't like true friendship yeah yeah no I feel that I'm not looking to make I mean you should be looking to make lifelong (laughs) lifelong friendship that's what you should be we should all be looking to make lifelong friendship we should not be trying to burn bridges (laughs) at the same time I'm not trying to build them neither maintaining is one thing but like creating a new is a whole other thing and half the time I don't want to participate because I'm like as you like you said I'm trying to like I'm wrapped up in my own world, my own life. It has nothing yeah. to do with you. You know what I'm saying? And then by the time I realized, oh, I had this person that I care about and they care about me. Let me go check up on them. I don't want to check up because I'll think it'll put you in a bad mood because like, why are you hitting me up now versus yeah. you having time before? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Knowing that I've gone through that mentally, but I did, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't backtrack and be like, Oh, Omar, you know you you had like your own life problems. That's why. Okay, now hit hit that person up. No, we're just gonna leave it at that and keep on <laughs> moving on with our day and making it probably worse than it probably should be. 
Yeah, I'm really and bad. I, Accountability, y'all. I don't have it. I feel like what makes our friendship work so well is that, like, we don't, like, I don't forget about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I do have you in my mind. It's just I'm busy or I'm going through my own thing. But even in the midst of that, and maybe this is because of the longevity of our our friendship, you know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah. I will just send you TikToks or I will <laughs> send a random message that is just, like, a stream of consciousness <laughs> and yeah. I'll just send it and then you'll do you'll send whatever back and that's my way of connecting to you that's my way of saying I'm thinking about you like I haven't forgotten about you and we'll get we'll talk when we get a chance to talk yeah. and I think for some people they're looking for the very like that message that says hey I haven't forgotten about you like literally word for word I haven't forgotten about you let's meet up and have this thing but I feel like Maybe this has to do with the fact that we've been friends for so long, but we have like our own language. And so I feel like that's not necessarily what we need. And for me, with making new friends, I this sounds bad. I don't want to know what you need. Like, <laughs> I wish I could just drop into the middle of the friendship already being built and strong. Good, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that we can just have our own language and just move on yeah. and not have those moments where we're like, this person doesn't care about me like <laughs> and see as a kid i grew up having the mentality like if i make these friends i'll know it's gonna be i know it's gonna stand the test of time if we have one huge fight and we make it through yeah. i didn't know what we're gonna fight about but i knew if we made it through a huge fight we'll we'll probably make it through anything else in life mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm not looking to like go through that type of mentality. Like, I don't want to make a friend. If we go through this fight we'll, and we'll get through it, we'll be friends forever. Cool, but like, why we had to fight in the first place? Can we talk? Yeah. <laughs> Can we have a disagreement? Can we be like, uh, no, I don't want to. I'm gonna let wanna... you know all the big fights I've had with the friends I've had in the past. We did not make it through. <laughs> see, we did see, not make it through. There were very intense fights. Very like you know, fundamentally, we cannot be friends because we just aren't meshy. Like, my personality doesn't go with your person. Excuse me, what did I just say? <laughs> my personality. My personality. <laughs> my personality just doesn't mesh with your personality or you've made choices that I morally cannot. Yeah. Condone. That too. And so, that too. Yeah. <laughs> or there's just been a breach of trust or something that this can't be resolved. I kind of kind of said before that I feel like maybe like these are things I might have to work through in therapy, but I want to know if you feel like you're a good friend or if you feel like maybe you're not such a good friend or some days you're a good friend, some days you're not a good friend or whatever. I think I am a great friend. I give great advice. I am. I try to be as wise as I possibly can in this human body experience. You know what I'm saying? Despite my ignorance, despite me, you know, going off my own road, I try to steer people the right way. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. I don't care if I'm in the worst place in life. If I know you need my help, I'm going to try to put my place, put myself in a good space so that I'm giving you the most clearest advice you can get from me. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'll preface what I have to say by saying, hey, I'm not in the best space or, hey, this may not be the 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 clearest or, hey, you don't we might not want to take this. But I have something I have to say. It. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Just I definitely think that's option. Yeah, I definitely think that's appreciated, like for people on the other end of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think most people don't consider that like, you know, our friends are there for many reasons. And one of them can be for like venting or support. But I don't think it should be the only reason that you have a friend in your life because it's just like dumping your trauma and your your um, anxieties and worries on someone else who might not be in the mental space to handle that. And then yeah. from that can stem resentment or feeling like you're being used, you're which is never sure. a feeling if you are a friend. You don't want a friend to ever feel that way. And so, yeah, I definitely think I know when you've done that with me, like you've asked me if I'm able to like take in what you're what you need to say it's very appreciated and I do think that makes you a good friend oh yeah and plus okay so when I do that for you I do that for a select few oh, I can feel okay. my hand how many times I don't I don't like venting to a many people because first yeah. first of all as a man I feel like we're just not <laughs> we're not respected in a space to 
express our emotions the way we need to. And so because I, as a man, I'm thinking like that. And I know a lot of other men think that way because I find, because I, I've always had a safe space in you specifically and a couple other people, I, I feel the need to do that for because we're on our life journeys. You know what I'm saying? Like we grew up together, but we're not living together anymore. We're not in the same, even yeah. not in the same state anymore. So like, I know. It's like for me to think like this is this is my forever person like this person could be my like I expect you to be my wedding like type shit like I like that's what my expectations is so so if, if I had that expectation for you <laughs> I at least need to give grace and respect the same way I would have my expectations set up because that's just the type of person that's the type of person I'm trying to strive to be always you know what I'm saying and when I fall short of that I hope that you tell me <laughs> and I hope that the people that I'm I'm confiding in think enough of me to tell me like, hey, this is not it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I would say like for me, because I've been thinking about this a lot, like, do I feel like I'm a good friend? Because, you know, like I said before, I'm a pretty self-aware person. I try to check in with myself. Like, you know, am I the problem? Am I, <laughs> you yeah. know, what's going on? Like, am I doing what I should be doing as a friend or as, you know, a daughter or anyone? And for me, I feel like there are times when I am a good friend. And I feel like there are times when I'm not a good friend. And the times that I'm not a good friend, it's not intentionally. I think it's because, like I said before, <laughs> this might be like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm an only child. But like, I am so focused on I am so focused on myself and on my own issues in my life that sometimes I can forget that there's other people out there who are going through their own issues and might need my support. But I'm also someone in the same breath who feels like I'm not special enough for <laughs> for you to need that my too. support. I'm like, <laughs> my friend will be fine. Like, they, It's not like it's life or death without me. Like in my head, I'm not thinking that way. And so- I do think there are times when I feel like maybe I'm a little selfish and I'm being um, isolating myself because I'm going through something and I'm not checking in with my friends. And when I have those moments, like in those moments, I realize it sometimes and I try to reach out in the way that I can. But I'm also someone who's not super vulnerable with my friends, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm going through a hard time, but, you know, I want to be there to support you. Like I said before, I'm someone who will send a TikTok, and that is my form of saying I'm s your support system. And that might be childish. <laughs> right, no <laughs> okay? And it might be, you know, I might need to talk about that further, but that's kind of where I'm at now. And I feel like the moments when I am a good friend, um, I can feel it. Like, I can feel that my friends value it. Before our break, I just wanted to check in with each other about the progress of our healing journeys. Uh, since starting the podcast, I feel we were both in very different places in our journeys than we are now. And so I just wanted to check in um, about how your healing journey is going and what have been some of the challenges throughout your journey. Um. I will preface by saying, like, we are, I think we both have been a very different place before we started this podcast versus now. Um, I I hope to gain a little more confidence when we started the podcast. I hope to gain a little more clarity, understanding. I hope to gain, I hope to, to gain those, those things. And I think since starting and now looking back, I think I have gained a little more confidence, you know, being in the gym a little more consider going I'm back in school the fact that I'm back in school is a thing because I have I wasn't thinking about it when we first started um I knew I probably needed to go back soon but I wasn't thinking I would go back when we start this podcast and so that's been a challenge but it's a part of the journey I'm, I'm enjoying um I'm pursuing music in a different way which is what I never thought I would do in a million years but because I think a part of me stepped out on faith with doing this podcast. I think a lot of what I stepped out on faith wise looks like what I've dreamt out, dreamt of as a kid and trying to kind of bring that into fruition. Um, and in terms of 
um, therapy, I'm probably a step further into thinking about going. We're not any closer to finding someone. So, but pray for me. Hopefully when we come back, I'll have better news. But I'm doing what I can in terms of healing, constantly keeping my heart open, um, working out, making sure I'm physically well, as well as I'm mentally well and, and checking in with God and, and who cares for me. And all that good stuff. So, yeah. How are you? How's your journey been? Hold on. First, I want to address the therapy thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you mean you're taking a step toward thinking about therapy? Yeah. Um, you know, you've been, you know, in my corner with trying to get me to go to therapy. You're in therapy yourself. And I've been trying to be in my space of, you know, <laughs> going to therapy so like if I'm if my listeners are really listening they have somebody like as a, as a black man be like okay he's going to therapy why not why should not well um I need that for myself I need to see another black man be like hey he's going to therapy so why should not I don't and so <laughs> um when I say I'm gonna step forward I mean like I considered it it's gonna happen one day you know mm-hmm. like to consider consider one step actually wanting to go is another step and I actually want to go I just don't know when and I don't know who's going to counsel me and so those two answers are going to be up in the air okay so I might I'm just going to challenge you a little bit on the part where you said (laughs) you need a black a black man to be in therapy to to um kind of be an example for you to go to therapy yeah I need inspiration. I need. Why can't um, you be your own inspiration? I think I'm a lot. I think my own. I think I'm my own inspiration in a lot of ways. I mean, in pertaining to, to the therapy issue, right? In that aspect, I don't think <laughs> I. Th- I need a push. You know, wholeheartedly, I really want to go to therapy. But again, like like I said, like I think knowing who to go to for one is a big thing. You know what I'm saying, and then. When just like when should I start going? Because you know I I'm constantly feel like I'm being pushed in several different directions, and I'm trying to keep my balance between it all. So okay, yeah. well, <laughs> therapy can all that to say. <laughs> I mean, just like you prioritize the gym, you could prioritize therapy in the same way, in the sense that like um you don't ha- it doesn't have to be like this extracurricular thing. It could be this thing where it's like it's part of my routine, and um regarding the <laughs> the part where you were saying you need an inspiration and i suggested why don't you be your own inspiration you know i think we both are in the in our healing journeys we're trying to break generational trauma and generational issues that have happened within our families and yeah. i think you could be the person who spearheads that by going to therapy especially within your own familial generation like with your sisters or whatever you could be that inspiration for your sisters to go get therapy or you know if you have kids one day you can be like hey I went to therapy when no one else in my family was going and you know it could be that thing that ends or breaks a cycle (sighs) it it is really a personal thing and you have to decide on your own when you're ready to go to therapy and I think therapy is best when you've decided and committed to doing it instead of being you know uncertain you know what i'm saying so yeah hopefully when I, and like when, next when I hear year you saying all that, when i hear you saying all that i it pierces it feels like you're shooting me in the heart you know what i'm saying uh, okay it's true. <laughs> no i'm serious because it's true it's true 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 and i and i don't think about the positive enough to see what negative feelings i'm having to work through or I'm going to have to eventually work through. You know what I'm saying? I'm always yeah. kind of like anxious about what is to be anticipated versus yeah. what outcome on a positive end yeah. is to come from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. I'm the same way. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate you saying <laughs> that for sure. Um, I would say for the progress in my healing journey, I feel like you know, at the beginning of starting this podcast, I was very trepidatious. I was very like, you know, even though I had my own podcast before that, you know, I wasn't really confident in speaking about the stuff that we talk about because it can be very personal 
and it can be very um emotional and mentally draining mm-hmm. and um you know part you know putting yourself out there and putting your your relationships and your your trauma out there can be difficult but i think what i've learned through this podcast is that you know the pain and the things that i've gone through can ultimately help someone else and i think that's what keeps us motivated to keep talking about those hard topics and those hard concepts you know talking about some of the things we talk about stirs up old stuff particularly with like the father stuff or like the family issues um and so i think it's kind of like i've said in other episodes it triggers this thing where you have to forgive again and you have to like you can't just gloss over those things and you know i had thought i'd forgiven certain people for certain things but having to you know continuously talk about it and go back to that feeling you had in those moments when it initially happened it forces you to have to forgive yourself and forgive those people who hurt you um a second time around or a third time around or a fourth time around and so i think something i've learned throughout the journey is that like my healing journey isn't linear it's very scrambled it's very messy it's very like I'll have a good day here and a bad day there and that's totally fine. And I think this podcast has helped me understand that for sure. One thing I learned about myself this year is I would say patience with myself and grace for myself. I've talked about before how I feel like I'm not in the place I should be in my life and I think sometimes I blame myself for that. But the truth is, like, there's certain outside influences that can affect the trajectory of your life. And, you know, I'm not responsible for everything that goes bad in my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's some things that you are, like, you make choices, but there's some things that you aren't. And I'm learning to uh, forgive myself for the mistakes I've made and to have grace and patience with myself. And, yeah. How about you? One thing I learned about myself is that I'm really, really, really good at self-sabotaging and not yeah. being accountable for my own my own demise. Um, so I think <laughs> being a year old into my adult years, I've kind of been in that space of I'm always I'm doing a, I'm constantly doing the work, and so because I know I'm constantly doing the work. I think I don't necessarily lose faith, but I forget that I that I'm planted in it. I'm planted in the idea that I'm staying on shoulders that want to see me successful. You know what I'm saying? That want to see me thrive, that want to see me happy and be in joy. And I think sometimes because of my of my self-sabotage, self-sabotaging behavior, I can wallow in shame and defeat and fear of um, not being enough for whoever I need to be enough for. And so like I'm getting out of my own way <laughs> and going out to opportunities that I don't necessarily feel like I'm equipped for, but I'm going after them because God wouldn't put it in front of me if he knew I could if he knew I couldn't handle it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so um I'm believing God to do a new thing with this podcast. I'm believing God to do a new thing when we go back to school. I believe I'm believing God to do a new thing in terms of my mental, physical, and spiritual health. And I just need to remind myself of the faith that that I that I lean on so heavily. Um because I know I'm doing the work. So learning to stop self, self-sabotaging self and that uh, I am enough. <laughs> yeah. That's all good stuff. All right. We'll see you guys next year.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 